G'day and welcome to the 17X podcast series. My name is Mick Hayes. Thanks for tuning in. I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with entrepreneurs, visionaries, and absolute change makers on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We align these conversations with the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, the UN's global goals for the 2030 agenda that we simply must achieve. And it's my firm belief that our business community is our best shot at success. If you're inspired by these conversations, you'll absolutely love our 17X speaking events that tour Australian cities. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when our events are coming to a city near you. But for now, sit back and enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe where you are listening to stay up to date with our future episodes. Jules, welcome to the 17X podcast, mate. Good to have you here. Mate, always a pleasure, buddy. It's uh, it's uh, wonderful to hear your voice and see you again, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, mate, uh, your talk at 2022, 17X Perth, it was one of my favourites, mate. It was so great to have you on stage with us and our first ever visit to WA. Oh, mate, it was a, it was a bloody great, great night out. It was just a fascinating thing I remember reflecting on how often you get to sit in a room with like-minded people that are innovating, trying to change the world. Because generally, you know, because of the space I work in, it's probably not an innovation space around great thought leaders. So it was yeah. really, really awesome to me to actually sit there as a participant and hear all the great things that are happening in the world, mate. So I loved it. Yeah. Oh, man, it was cool. And I've, I've been sending your video actually to people that, you know, when the things around either mental health or empathy or just conversations around wellness, even over the holiday period, I sent it to some friends of mine that were kind of on this self-discovery thing around their healthy habits and things like that and talking New Year's resolutions, you know, those kind of dangerous words. And I said, you need to listen to this guy. Just send him your video, mate. So it was, it's a uh, it's a resource for the 17X community. Mate, you know, and do you know who people have asked me in my time, do you have what you just said in a recording? So uh, I've got to tap into that and, and use that recording because it's, it's you know, it may not take it everything away from but there's always some little nuggets that you can implement into your life and i think the you know empathy the hope stuff the making good choices it's it's always a great reminder and ultimately the success of you know what happiness co and micro has been built on keeping it really simple for people not trying to create this really over complex thing about improving your life absolutely you know i've i've had living in the green and ringing in the back of my head since your talk um but so look anyone listening you need to go on i'll put the I'll put the link to Jules's 17X talk in the footnotes below. After listening to the podcast, go and watch the video. 17 minutes is all it's all it's all gravy. Um, so Jules, mate, uh, who are you? Where have you been? What's been going on? Let's uh let's intro you to our audience. Mate, personally, I'm a, I'm I'm Julian Pace. That's my name. I prefer Jules because my mom calls me Julian, which is pissed off at me. So I, I say that a lot to people. Uh but I'm a father of two. I'm a husband. Uh, I'm a, I've got four siblings, and just ultimately, just someone who wakes up every day and wants to know he's making the world a little better, mate. So that's really my my kind of legacy in terms of what gets me up in the morning. It's my main reason for what I do, and love it. Yeah, and that's kind of me in a nutshell, mate. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty simple dude, but I've got some big ambitions. Yeah, awesome. And so your two are uh, young, two though, right? Your kids. Yeah, eight and uh, two and a half. So my eight-year-old just started year three. So that's pretty pretty exciting. And then my two and a half-year-old is just chomping out the heels, mate. Just keeping me very busy all the time. 
Yeah, love it, love it. Mine are 10 and 8, so I think we're in similar roller coasters there. Um, living a hard, fast life in the professional scene and a harder, faster life at home with the little rugrats. <laughs> oh, mate, absolutely. I always say that my day doesn't stop until about 9 p.m. at night because, you know, you're up early, crack of dawn, yeah. chasing your dreams, and then really your day doesn't end because you got the kitties to run around after, yeah. which is lots of fun. That's it. Hey, our kids just went back to school yesterday and um, Renee and I looked at each other in the morning and we went, oh, shit, we're going to make lunches again. <laughs> lunches, like exactly. stuck. Funny you laugh about this. I, it's probably got nothing to do with this podcast, but I was in here before I come on this podcast with you. I was eating the rice crackers with peanut butter on top. Nice. And I opened them inside the office and people were like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, the kids are back at school. So I was having rice crackers with peanut butter on top. So clearly the kids are back in full force, mate. Yeah, man. Hey, that's a classic too. That's a go-to. It that's is. a good one. Um, Absolutely. All right. So Happiness Co. What's going on at Happiness Co., bro? You're changing the world. You're, you're, you're doing good work for people. Tell us about it. Yeah, man. So we're a social enterprise by nature, which is ultimately uh, profit for purpose. So what we do is we generate our funds and our, our, our movement, our money, and our proceeds, and we put them back into grassroots goods. So our real big theme for grassroots good is all about mental health and mental well-being and fundamentally happiness, which is why it's called Happiness Co. I wanted to always make sure we did what it said on the tin so people know that we're about happiness. And and I think it's one of the things that if you think about when you were growing up, mate, people talk about love and happiness. What do you want for your kids? You want your kids to find love and to find happiness, and it's such a really, really important thing that we search for and i think there's probably a lot of mis misguided views on what it actually is and what people are chasing so for me it was about helping people find it again create it build it regardless of what they had been through and for me personally uh that was really my story because i remembered being happy once before and i remembered losing it and one of the things that really got me through the dark days and the dark nights and the struggles were remembering if I was there once, could I get back there? And I think that you've got to hold on to something when you lose your way. And I think in life, we all kind of lose our rhythm and our balance. But for me, even though I was struggling at times, it was a good reinforced message that, hey, man, you've been there once before. You can find it again. To go back a little further, uh, what got me into this space and why I actually lost my way in the first place because I lost my father to suicide. And yep. Same thing. I remember him being happy. I remember him being funny, present, the best dad that I could probably ever ask for. And he gave me so much and so grateful for the time that he gave me when he was here. But when he was gone, my life didn't seem to make sense anymore. And, you know, everything that I thought happiness was seemed to fade away. And so did I in the process. So when I rebuilt myself and found my happiness again, I guess I got to a spot which is like, hey, how can I help other people go through what I did and hopefully maybe save some lives along the way and maybe the families and the loved ones that care about dads, mums, brothers and sisters will never have to endure the suffering that I did. So that's that's really the means of what created happiness. That's the, the core. Yep. And it's just gone into this massive thing, man, which is making a big difference, which we're pretty proud of. That's so cool. And, you know, thanks for sharing your story. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of power. You talk about lived experience and sharing stories and, you know, there's a lot of power for audiences to hear to hear those stories and realize that they're not alone if they're going down similar paths. But, uh, you know, how's the power for yourself sharing that story, you know, and the, the the bravery in the early days of being able to say that stuff out loud. But even nowadays, further down the track, you know, there's, yeah, I think 
sharing your own story does so much for you as well, right? Yeah, man. I think for me, my biggest healing in the whole process was one, finding the happiness in myself again and growing, but then giving, like using it to give and not just that. You know, what's the point of going through terrible things, man, if you can't do something well with it? Yeah. So, you know, perspective is a beautiful thing as well. So bad things happen to good people all the time. We know that. And life's not fair and I never preach it is. But when we go through these things, the only thing that maybe when we go to bed at night gives us a sense of reason and understanding is that we can use these things to somehow make other people's lives better. And that's that's been my journey. And every day I'm still growing, I'm still learning, I'm still giving. But I think what's really important to reflect on, we talk about vulnerability a lot. The only way to truly be vulnerable is to just be vulnerable. There's a lot of people who talk about vulnerability and how powerful it is. But, you know, I mean, it's, this is what happened to me and, you know, what happened to you or what happened to others, that's that's the part of it, just being raw and, and real and also being okay with what that means. So for me, people always ask me, well, how did you heal your broken heart? And I've, I've talked about this before with you, that I still have one, man. Yeah. It's not a part of me that not a part of me that doesn't go by every day and wish you were still here and, you know, what my life would be like and you met my kids and you met my wife and all the things that you kind of want. Because when you're growing up as a kid, that's all you kind of think. You're going to grow up and get married and have kids uh, and you're going to have your parents your whole life and life is all going to be, you know, Danny. If you work hard, you chase your dreams and you'll get it. But no one really tells you how to deal with the broken heart stuff. And I guess there's part of me that still wears that that battle scar, that wound, but I think it keeps me hungry, man, and it keeps me on point and it keeps me grounded and it allows me to never lose sight of what my why or what I do, what I do, because we have been extremely successful over the last five years, but I don't measure my success by the growth of Happiness Co's profits and profitability and mm-hmm. scale of company and how many people we have. I uh, assess our impact based on why I started, which is one heart at a time. And over 10, lives, 10 years, I had this vision to impact 10 million lives in 10 years. But you've got to do it one heart at a time. You can't yeah. get overwhelmed by the number. you just got to find a way to wake up and do one good thing well. Yeah. No, I love it. And I'm a huge fan of Happiness Co., right? I was chasing you around for a few years on LinkedIn. And I'm like, dude, I'm finally coming to Perth. You need to be on stage. I'm not taking no for an answer. Um, so <laughs> that's kind of how we went, guys. <laughs> but um, so, you know, Happiness Co. is doing all this really cool stuff. Can you can you talk the audience through? I guess one of the things I love about your model is is where I think business needs to go, and that is that the impact that you're creating in the world is not an afterthought. It's not an after. It's not a I sell my thing and then I give to something and let the money empower someone else to do something cool. You're creating the impact as part of the fundamental, you know, the fundamental delivery of what your business is set out to do, right? So. Um, tell us a bit about the the the, the model. What are, what are the programs? What are you actually doing at Happiness Go? Yeah, I think the good thing about this for people listening, regardless of where you are on your journey as an entrepreneur, business owner, or someone who works with someone, that every day is a new day. And if you want to be better tomorrow, you can. So even if your company right now has never done anything like this before, it doesn't mean you can't change direction. Mm. And I think the world needs more goodness and and I was speaking at a conference last week and I was saying, if you want a decent world, you know, you need to remember to be a decent person. Decency always starts with our choice, right? So to try and find a way to change and pivot. So what we do is fundamentally, we call it like a happiness tax. Our goodness and our impact is built into the fees. So we, we're just transparent with it. We're just like, hey, this is what we do. And every time you buy Happiness Co., we make the world better. Right. So you could give $5,000 to someone else and that their money might go to, you know, that person's 
you know, life and having bigger boats and nicer cars and chasing other things and that individual's success of that person. Absolutely. Right. As a keynote speaker or a company who does a lot of conferences, or you could pay us and when you pay us, our money goes straight back into grassroots goods. So we work on a bunch of different things, you know, domestic violence, suicide prevention for, for youth, suicide prevention for men, um, financial hardship, uh, grey area drinking, well-being, uh, you know, staff wellness retreats. Like we do team building. We do so much variety at Happiness Co because not everything is mental health, mate, and I know you get that. Yeah. So team building is not mental health. Team building could be just be building a better relationship with your work colleagues, which is great. So mm-hmm. for us, we call it ecosystem. We we make money to make a difference, and that's how we work, and that's how we promote, and that's how we do what we do, which is pretty cool when you think about it because it's very unusual as a concept. Unless you're a charity, for instance, lots of people understand the role of a charity, you know, make money, raise money, give yep. to people. Well, why can't businesses do that? Why can't businesses make money and give money away and put a percentage of their proceeds and profits into something that makes them feel good? You know, I think about the, the amount of money is being made out there. It doesn't have to be crazy. And do you know I know this is because there's three things that you can give in your life, your time, your talent, or your money. When I started, I didn't have any money. So happiness go didn't have any money to give. So I gave right. my time. I gave my talent. So my time and my talent would be my time to talk to people. My talent would be what I went through and what I learned through the experience. And because of that time and talent, Happiness Co. started to make money. And guess what? Now we give away money. So it's not always about giving away money. It could be giving away something that is valuable to someone. Sure. So education, they say, will change the world, not money. And I, I'm, I'm a fundamental believer in that. So when we talk about education, we're not talking about you know, the school curriculum, that's super important, but how do we educate people about themselves, their ideas, their thoughts, their mental health, the things that they go through? That, I think that's a big part of where the future of people may be going, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, love it. And um, you guys do a, a bit of work with youth, right? You do a fair bit with with young crew. I, I think when we were speaking, you were, when I was over there, sorry, last year, you were getting ready to do a gig in, I think it was the tennis arena in front of like 15,000 kids or something. Yeah, about 14,000, yeah, mate. So we work with about 30,000 students a year between the ages of, you know, 14 to 16. Yeah. So there's a big chunk of youth in there. We talk to them about self-esteem, right? making good choices and dealing with ultimately the impacts of peer pressure and bullying. So we all go through peer pressure. We all feel bullied. We all want to feel validated by our friends and family and we all want to fit in, especially at that age. There's a study that talked about this. It said kids would rather fit in and make poor choices, then make good choices, then not fit in. Yeah. And that's what, you, that's what you're going against, right? And we get that. Yeah. You've been young before. I'd rather you like me and me make a silly choice yeah. and make a dumb one for you to think I'm cool rather than make a good choice and you not like me. So it's a pretty complex thing that we deal with with youth, but we're working really hard to help them build their self-esteem, which is when I was at school, no one taught us that. Absolutely. And the definition of, and the definition of it is, which is super big, which no one knows, is the value and worth that one puts on self. So if you have a good sense of worth and a good sense of self, then ultimately you have a good sense of balance in the things that you want. doesn't mean you're not going to make poor choices. doesn't mean you're not going to feel unhappy and not fall into dark moments in your life. It's not about that. It's about knowing your yourself, though, and I think that's a big part of it. And one of the things that really resonated for me in your talk at 17X was, sorry to keep going back to this, but I just there were so many good nuggets of gold in there. And one of them was around, you know, just your healthy habits. And that's what I was talking about where you said living in the green and the little things you do every day that stack up. And one of the, 
one of the lines that you had was, you know, you don't you don't need a Big Mac and have a heart attack straight away. It's 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 the daily Big Mac over over years is what gets you right. That that and and you don't fight with your partner and then break up the next day. It's 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 the continual. You know, I, I, I love the simplicity, but really, there's there's deepness inside of the habits that we create, right? Whether they're healthy or unhealthy, and and um, you know, and that goes for young and old, right? And living in the green and green being guys, you know, living in the the healthy habits and maintaining the healthy habitual, you know, process. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jules. Um, around those around those habits. Well, healthy being, you know, spot on. The green being healthy mind, healthy body, and healthy emotion. So when we yeah. think about mo- mental health, talk about emotional health, talk about physical health. Like that's the healthy. You might have a six pack, and you might be so proud, and you go to the gym every day, and you're strong, and you feel good, great. But you go to bed at night feeling lonely and unloved, uh, or you feel like you have no purpose in life, or you feel heartbroken. So you got to try and get all of them right. So the healthy part is the green, I guess. You've got to work on your physical health. We know that's important. We've got to work on our mental health. We know that's important. We've also got to work on our emotional well-being. So I think if we can get that right, wow. And generally, most people live in the red and the orange. So red being crisis, struggling. And then the orange kind of having not, no really idea what's going on. You kind of just settle. And this most people, and you get this, mate, just feel where they are is okay. Like they get so conditioned to feeling tired yeah. every day, burnt out, not being present with their kids just getting through the day and waiting for the holiday or waiting for the weekend. And that just becomes, that's becomes it. Yeah. And there's so much more to life than just getting by. So when you talked about habits, well, we know this, that habits determine your happiness and everything that you do. And, you know, what you mentioned before is ultimately the compounding effect. So compounding happiness or compounding unhappiness, very simple, but as you said, it's profound if you look at it. And the way that you have to look at it is this, What's it costing you not to change? Because you have to leverage something, if that makes sense. So you've got to find a way to leverage habits. Because if I say, hey, habits, good habits are good for you. Go to the gym more. People are like, yeah, I've tried that. But you've got to have a good reason to try. And I think that's why the unpacking of the colors and how it works is super important. So Mm. just to feel happy, maybe that's not enough. But to feel happy because that means you're going to be more present with your kids. It makes you a better dad, a better mom, a better person. And you're going to give the best of yourself to them, which fundamentally means give people what's best of you, not what's left of you. And I think there's a lot of people that probably give what's left of them to their family and friends. And they put so much into their dreams, their job, their careers, and they leave so little for the things that they care about, including themselves. So it's, it's about unpacking and saying, well, what's it costing me to be in the orange? What's it costing me to be in the red? So you can have a lot of money in your bank account, for instance, but everyone thinks you're an arsehole. How good is that? And one of the best things I ever heard about success is this. Driving a car that you love to a job that you hate is not success. <laughs> yeah, sure. Isn't but, it so true, though? You think about yeah, the men's world, especially how, like how we're kind of brought up as young men, you know, chase the nice things, the nice cars, the big houses, the status. Mm. But you know what? You have a $150,000 car that you've got to work so hard for. And a two-story house that you, your mortgage is crazy for. But every single night you go to bed, you hate your life. But we call it success. Isn't it funny how warped the world is? So that's what we talk about when it comes down to habits. So doing good things often and the little things well is how I would describe it. Yeah. Doing good things often 
and then doing little things well. So if you have 16 hours a day, because people say 24 hours a day, well, that's not really true because the average person's only awake for 16. So you've got to lose some hours there straight away. So you've got 16 hours a day on average to do some good things often and some little things well. What does that even look like? Well, as you mentioned before, they're little choices, like the fight that you have. Do you break up the next day or do you have a hamburger and have a heart attack? None of these things are true. It's one thing. And for the nine years I've been working in human behavior, is one thing that I reckon and I have seen come up the biggest. So I'll share it with your listeners. It's neglect. If you neglect your health, it falls apart. You neglect your relationships, you break up and you don't have deep, intimate love and you don't have good friendships. You neglect your career, you probably go through your whole career and just hate going to work. Yeah. You neglect your finances, you've got no money in your bank account, you can't get the freedom that you've always wanted. And the biggest one of all, if you neglect yourself, well, slowly your whole life starts to fall apart. So what I try and get people to understand is what are you neglecting and why? Like, do you believe that you don't deserve love? Is that why you're neglecting it? Do you believe because your dad told you or your mum told you you had to be an accountant that you followed it and now you're joyless? Like, is that why? Like, you're trying to get really to the core of why you do what you do and why, at what level and what age and when did you decide, Nick, that neglecting these things was okay? And that's pretty confronting for people, man, when you actually get to the core. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Check in with the yeah. reality. I love it. Check in. Yeah, and neglect is a is a, a good thing to think about, like where you're neglecting, why you're doing it, where's it coming from. And the good thing about neglect is the only person who fix it is you. And I think that the best thing about what we teach and what we do is, hey, guess what, man? The only person that's in control of changing this is you. So getting people back on track, how do they start to improve their life by doing the little things well every day? It's funny how you see people fall out of happiness, man. It's like, it's actually nuts. And I'm sure you've seen your own friends and family and people that you care about and potentially even in your own life, you actually lose your own balance and you fall out of happiness. And that time, oh, absolutely. really hard to get back there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you, so you're doing a lot of work with teams, right? And then a lot of the the crew that are listening are, you know, business operators, social enterprise founders. Um, you know, we have some corporate engagement as well. Um, what are you seeing in teams right now? And you you go in, you're working with teams. Is there is there any themes that you're you're recognizing? You know, if, dare I say it, in a post COVID world that you're coming across in in some of your clients? Well, I think one one positive thing about COVID, which I can give you, is I think people are willing to look at their overall mental health quicker. Yep. So what do I mean by that? So I think a lot of people think about mental health being anxiety, depression, and suicide. You know, we talk about it, like, oh, mental health. No, I don't talk about it. It's like we straight away go to the red. But if I said, Nick, let's think about your physical health, you'd think, okay, what's the spectrum? Really yep. unhealthy and maybe healthy. We give physical health a spectrum, but we don't think about mental health as the same thing. So one yeah, thing sure. I definitely have noticed is people are generally more willing to talk about being unhappy. Mm-hmm. So they might not give up depressed yet. They may not give anxious up yet. They may not feel that they're lost yet. But what they will give you is I'm feeling unhappy. And I think that's the starting point. Mm. Because wouldn't you much rather start to address your problems when you're feeling unhappy than you're depressed or feeling unhappy and feeling so anxious you can't get out of bed in the morning? So I guess the whole process of this is, is analyzing where you are. And unhappy is a great reason to change. Why would you wait till your relationship falls apart and you get divorced to want to be a better person? Like, why would you want to go rock bottom and have no money for you to start to start to, start to save money? So I think that getting okay with being unhappy 
and what that means because the hardest part to do when it comes to being unhappy, mate, is to admit it. You know, think about in an intimate relationship. So, hey, I'm unhappy in love. Imagine how hard that would be to say. So you love your partner and you're absolutely confident in that, but you've become unhappy in love, which is the things that I used to do, the person I used to be, yeah, the things that I've lost by being in love. doesn't mean you don't love that person anymore, but do you know why it's so hard to tell your partner that you've become unhappy in love? What do you reckon? Well, you don't want to hurt them. Absolutely. You're like, if I tell Mick that I'm unhappy in love, Mick's going to make it all about what have I done wrong? Yeah. Where have I gone wrong? How, what, how, what haven't I done for you? So then we take it so personally. We personalize everything. So I think we're so scared of being honest because the people there will hurt. But the problem is it actually only hurts us long term. And then we become so resentful, so lost, so unhappy. So get okay with being unhappy. So to answer your question, what have I noticed? I've noticed that people are willing to be brave enough to accept it and look at it because awareness precedes change and you can never change something that you're not willing to accept. So yep. being unhappy right. doesn't make anyone a, a bad person, by the way. There's no bad people. So if you can accept that there's no bad people in love and your job, it's just like, hey, I'm unhappy and you can give it the respect it deserves and you'll fix it. Mm. And at workplaces, I see a lot of burnout, as you would. Uh, I see a lot of people who are struggling, as you would. And, and people probably are constantly chasing that success cycle. And we talk about this that happens quite a lot. We talk the, dif- the difference between peak performance and personal performance. Okay. So we're lucky enough to work with incredible athletes and sporting teams and some of the top you know, athletes in the country right? I've been fortunate enough to spend time with, like Justin Langer and things like that, and we talk about this a lot. So it's a kind of framework that we use here at Happiness Co., which is peak performance versus personal performance. Right. What's the difference? And I think this really helps people in a workplace. So to give them a framework they can understand. So peak performance looks at achievement, results, outcomes, career progression, money, Uh, freedom, holidays, houses, cars, all the things that we want to work for because I think success is not a bad thing and chasing things to make your life better is also not a bad thing. But what you need to get right is the flip side of that. So peak performance is achievement and personal performance is fulfillment. And I'm sure, again, you've met many people in your life that have a lot of things that are miserable. Mm -hmm. Uh, A person who has a lot of money but doesn't like who they are. You know, a guy or a girl who's handsome and really gorgeous, but they're super insecure. So you got to find more than just having things. So you got to find a way to build your self-esteem, your self-respect, your authenticity, living by your values, meaningful relationships and contribution. That's how we get people to assess their um, personal performance. And and then you unpack it with, so what's the score out of 10? And people often, mate, I promise you, score self-esteem low. Right. Doesn't matter how high they are in the food chain, every single person on the planet has insecurities. And one of the things that we talk about the least is them because it would make us less than or people would judge us or we would worry what people think. But self-esteem is very low generally with everyone we ask. Then self-respect is, well, how do you let other people treat you and how do you allow yourself to treat you? Because I think often we think about respect being how I want Mick to treat me. Hey, Mick. I don't like how you spoke to me, mate. I don't like that. Don't do that. Rather than, what about who's the biggest bully of all, though, mate? Yeah, right. We're the biggest bully of all. The things that we say, that we're the biggest critic. We beat ourselves up for the mistakes that we make. Like, 
for instance, mate, how many times have you felt daddy guilt in your life when you felt that, you know, shit, I haven't been home with the kids enough? Oh, yeah. Or you, you make the wrong call on something and you're like, oh, so much shit, dad. What have I done? <laughs> True, right? Like, shit, I think we all do way, it. We um, all do it. All yeah. parents do it. Mummy and daddy guilt. Think about the time they fell off their bed or something happened to them or, and you beat yourself up for it. And then at times you play that mistake all day long. We are the biggest bully of all. So self-respect is not just about how other people treat you. It's what you're willing to, uh, uh, what you're willing to accept and tolerate about how you treat yourself. How many broken promises do you make? As simple as, Mick, I'm going to the gym tomorrow morning and the alarm clock goes off and you don't go. Like keeping the little promises is a form of self-respect. Well, that's the do the little things well, right? Doing the little things well. Don't overcommit. Just early wins and like living by your values. And when you we have a full framework that kind of goes down these things, a bunch of questions that people can ask and then more importantly, some actions to approve it. But living by your values would be simple as, yeah, cool. You value you value your family, but you never spend any time with your family. How many times have you heard someone say that? Oh, I'm, a, I'm a family man. Yeah, right. Family, and it's like, yeah, what was yeah. the last time you spent some time with your uh, your family? Oh, months. Yeah. Yeah, no. And then, oh, yeah. then the last one, like uh, contribution. I think that one probably people don't talk about enough. Which is, are you waking up every day trying to make the world a little better? And yeah, I, I fundamentally, at my core, believe this, mate. And it's probably the thing that drives me the most that every single person on the planet makes a difference in this world the only question is do you make a good one or not yeah sure and every role that you like every role that you play like dad mom brother sister work colleague like every person makes a difference the only question is do you make a good one the only thing that assesses that is the choices yeah absolutely and you know contribution is one of our most basic human needs right and the reality about con- contributing is that you make a difference for someone else but you make an even bigger difference for yourself you know i think yeah. uh there's a lot of power in that. Um, so um, and you've got you've got some other cool stuff. I, I don't. We're running a little bit out of time, but I just wanted to touch on some of the other cool things that you're up to because um, we could we could sit here and pick your brain and and get all your IP out of that head of yours. But um, but there's a huge <laughs> amount of value for the next few hours. Um, but uh, you've got a pretty cool little wellness club going on there too uh, that you gave me a tour of, and I was a bit wowed by it. Um, tell us a bit about what's going on there. Yeah, man. I, I think for me personally, I've always kind of wanted to do things a little differently. And in a mental health and well-being space, we've definitely been a disruptor and yep. I'm really proud of that. We've got like 10 staff here at Happiness Co now, so big ticks there and contribution focused. But then there's some other parts of my life that I've been working on too, which is uh, we've got a, two juice bars over here called Java Juice. And, um, you know, for me, it's like anything. I just want to be involved in anything that's good for the world. So you probably rarely find me involved in business that is bad for people. So healthy juice, we shop local, all local produce, um, you know, really big on environmental sustainability. So trying to support our world and contribution, doing it a different way. And it's not always about mental health, as I said before, doing yeah, workshops sure. and seminars. So juices makes people happy. Awesome. Cool. And then the wellness facility that you talked about before, which is probably, you know, when you have a few kids and like you get your, your second kid, this is like my second kid. So happens go is my first and uh, I've got a you know deep unconditional love for it, but Mind Body Lounge, which is a place where we've kind of taken top end technology from around the world and put it under one roof. So we're the only facility in Australia at the moment that has nine apparatuses um, designed to help people optimize their life from sleep to uh, anxiety to performance to getting the most out of your body, which is why it's optimizing your life, like the right. alignment of who you are. 
So things like sleep pods, things like oxygen chambers, things like cryotherapy, red light therapy, saunas, uh, meditation hubs, brain training. There's a whole bunch of different things that we do at the Mind Body Lounge. And what I love about it, it makes it very uniquely different to Happiness Co. It's, it's technology-based. Yep. So what we do in Happiness Co. is very much you know, intimate-based. It's about working with people. It's about talking. It's about getting to the core of their problems. But on the flip side, Mind Body Lounge is maybe, just maybe, you never want to talk to someone. And that's okay too. As long as you're seeking some type of help. Absolutely. And one of our biggest things for uh, clients here is chronic pain. So if you're in chronic pain, mate, it's very hard to feel happy because you're always hurting. So what a, what an incredible way to try and bring joy and wellness and well-being and a better mood, you know, better mood because you're not pissed off because you've got a sore ankle all the time yep. to attack chronic pain. So 85% of our clientele here is chronic pain, which is pretty exciting. Wow. It's huge. You know, um, I got a tour of uh, of this facility when I was over there. Uh, what was it, Novemberish or October last year? Um, so, look, if if you're in Perth or you're in you're in the WA area or you're just dropping by, you need to go and check this place out. Um, we'll put all the web, the website links in the footnotes below. But um, yeah, you can kind of zone out and do some guided meditation, guided yoga. You go sit in the uh, there's like super cool cold rooms, all sorts of stuff going on there, man. I love it. Um, and like you say, you know, peak performance, right? Yeah, man. I think that for me, for me personally, I, I kind of look at it more for mood. Like you know, six, seven gigs a week on stage can be anywhere between six and fifteen. It takes yep. a lot of toll on my body, but because I, you know, as you know, mate, you talk when you, especially when you, it's what you're talking about. I'm not talking from a spreadsheet. I'm not talking from a bunch of slides. I'm doing all of myself all the time. Now, high energy, high tempo, and you really care about what you're doing. So often, I talk about energy giving activities and energy taking. Yeah. Even though that the greatest joy that I have is helping people and being on stage is also my most giving energy source. It's yep. like I give the most amount of my energy to the stage. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and you'd get that. So I'm like, well, for me, I go into that cryotherapy once a day, man. I come home, clear mind, feel refreshed. Not, not You know how some people might go home and have a shower and just kind of wash off their day. For me, I'm like, it's really important how you rock up to the things that you care about, but also how you come back to them. So mm-hmm. I don't want to bring my, sadly, in the work that we do and the work that you do, mate, you hear some really sad stories and I don't want to bring them sad stories home to my kids. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep. You know, I think having... I, I would absolutely second that and anyone that is listening that's living a very um, kind of fast and impactful life and you're doing lots of things is absolutely taking those times just to, just to debrief, you know, download, um, dis, you know, self-discovery and just be also silent just for a few minutes every day just to let it, you know, sit in with where you're at and, and kind of re- press the reset button when you – and listen, I think listening to your body is really important and both physically and mentally. And it's something that I've learned as I've, you know, I don't like to say it, but as I'm getting older, you know, um, is I find now that I've always lived a very active lifestyle, right? I surf a lot. I box a lot. I've trained a lot. I was, I played a lot of kind of fairly good sports as a younger guy. And um, I think listening to my body now, as I continue to try and push it through various physical limits and then mentally as well is when does, when does my body or my, my mood or, you know, my emotions asking me just to friggin' stop <laughs> and just have a minute. 
I think doing that every day is super powerful, right? It's pretty hard to assess on the run, isn't it? So it's it's one of the things that it's probably the most important thing that you can do. Yeah, and, I love it. You know, how how do you analyze and reflect? And I I kind of do these two activities with people because it's really important what you said. You write a list of when I'm at my best, I do, I feel I am. So when I'm at my best, yeah, I do, I feel I am. So I do spend more time with my family. I, I go for a run. I get outdoors. I feel energy. I feel joy. I feel you know, just feel hungry for life. You know, when you feel you're on point, you're just pinging. Yeah, love it. You feel so good. You're so present. But then you do the flip side of that. When I'm not at my best, I'm snappy. I'm cranky. Um, my mood's all over the show. I can't get out of bed in the morning. And it doesn't have to be extreme, by the way. One of the things I always assess for me, mate, is that I get cranky. And I'm not a cranky person by by any stretch of the imagination, but I get cranky. So then if I'm cranky, I know there's something wrong. Mm. So you get to, you got to know yourself enough to. It doesn't mean I don't have bad moods, but when I mean I get cranky, I might get cranky at kids or my partner or myself. And when I'm cranky, it's always linked to being tired, too tired, too often. Sure. So I'm like, okay, well, they, I know. So when I'm at my best, I'm not cranky. I'm a great husband. I'm a great dad. I'm a great work colleague. So if I'm getting cranky, what's 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 going on for me that I got to work on? And I think if you can get people to look at that mm. and say, hey, I don't, I don't like it when I'm not in the best version of myself. Because it's really it's it's jarring, but it's the only thing that gets people to want to change. Because we know going to the gym in the morning is good for us, but no one goes. We know getting off the grog and you know, finding thirty and meditating, but we don't do it because we don't have enough reasons to attach it. So when you ask yourself, "What are you doing when you're not being the best version of yourself?" and how does that make you feel? But most importantly, what's it costing you? Well, then you start to look at what you want to do to change it, which is pretty exciting. And I think most importantly, empowering. Yeah, that's super powerful, I think, having that self-reflection and giving yourself agency and permission to reflect in when, and, you know, it's okay to be, you know, cranky and when, when are you, and, and, and acknowledge when you're not at your best. There's nothing wrong with that. And then taking stock and going, all right, well, yeah, what are the things that help me get back to where I want to be? And I think there's a lot of permission and self-discovery inside of that that's, that it's okay to do that. Um, you know, I had a similar conversation with someone a few weeks ago around the permission to not have to know everything if you're in the innovation space. If you're trying to innovate and solve problems, that doesn't mean you have to solve it the first time and know it fucking everything. It's let's just get on with it and see where we end up and be okay if you don't get it right because at least you're moving in the right direction. Absolutely, man. And we all have – I think I think what's important to remember is that you're not always going to have good days, but there's always good in every day. Yeah, and that's the, that's the perspective part. Like, days are tough, man. I've had some tough days. I've had some of the toughest days in my life over the last five with COVID in terms of success and feeling like I, everything I worked my ass off, I was going to lose. And that's pretty confronting when you feel like you're going to go bankrupt for a yeah, second. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the fear of that, right? Like, you know, how long do I got left? How many? How much more money can I pump in? These things are daunting at the best mm-hmm. of times. But it's not about not feeling that. It's about knowing that there's still good in every day. So if you get so caught up in the numbers, that's why I say you got to have good reasons over results because sometimes the scoreboard doesn't tell you winning, mate. Mm. So in business, yeah, absolutely. you don't always have a full bank account of cash. So what's the reason then? Well, at least I got to help someone today. Like there's, there's always good in something. You might go surfing tomorrow and it's wicked swell and the next day it's not. But then you know what? At least I'm out in the sun. At least I'm outdoors. At least I'm doing something good for myself. You've got to find a way to see the good in every day, even though when things aren't always going well for you. Because to me, there's always perspective. And 
doesn't mean that you're not honoring how you feel. It's just making sure that your bad moments don't convince you that you have a bad life. And if there's anything that anyone takes away from today, please let it be that. Just because you have bad moments does not mean that you have a bad life. Moments come and go, um, but making sure that you don't convince yourself that you're a bad dad, a bad mom, a bad friend, a bad work colleague, a failure in life. And you think about suicide and you think about the problem that we have here in this country just because we've made terrible choices in times as well does not mean that our lives aren't worth living. Powerful stuff, bro. I'm just going to leave it there. There's, it, we're, we're pretty much out of time anyway, but um, I think that's a super powerful and um, thought-provoking way to finish up our convo today. Bro, it's been an absolute pleasure to see you again. Um, I love the work that you do. I love who you are as a person, the energy you bring, the difference you make in the world. If people that are listening want to connect with you and uh, either connect with Happiness Co or just connect with you in general, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, all the normal norms, my friend, all the platforms, I should say, like, you know, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm being trying to get our younger team. Uh, we've got Brayden, who's 24, and uh, Tom, who's 21, are convincing me to try and get on TikTok. But uh, at the moment, still on the normal uh, platforms, my friend. <laughs> all right, sweet. We'll, we'll put some links down below. So um, anyone, if you want to get in contact, particularly with Happiness Co., get them into your your business, talk to your team, work with you on your people, um, there is no better crew. Let's uh, some of our Eastern Seaboard just get the Happiness Co to come over and pay us a visit on this side of the planet as well. Um, but uh, I know you're doing great things around the whole country, mate. So um, pleasure to speak to you again, and um, and uh, yeah, look forward to shaking your hand when I come back over to Perth later in the year again and coming and having a cryo session with you. Cheers, legend. No, I appreciate it. Stay happy, buddy. See ya. Well, thanks for joining us today. Now it's time to jump over to our website via the link in the notes below to join us at one of our live keynote events around Australia or from anywhere in the world as they are live streamed hybrid events. We're on tour in 2023 and hitting most capital cities in Australia. We're creating huge connectivity for our community via our Members for Good Network, an online community platform and ecosystem of values aligned, purpose-driven leaders and social enterprises. A chance for you to connect and do business with like-minded business leaders. And the best part is you can bring your team as well. Links are in the show notes below or jump over to our website for more. Thanks again for joining us today. There's more episodes on the way as we continue to chat with purpose-driven entrepreneurs from all over the world on how they're driving the 2030 agenda for the global goals. But for now, get out there, create some impact and go and be awesome. Thanks again.